Welcome to Stocked Up. We have a brand new show. On this new show, we're going to be speaking the 100% truth. We're going to be saying some controversial things sometimes, and we're going to have a fun time doing it. So Hunter and I are very excited for this new show. We have a lot of awesome episodes uh, planned for the future. So with that being said, Hunter, I don't know if you want to give yourself a little intro or something like that. Uh, I'm a biomedical engineer. That's about it. Right? All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also uh, also stocked up Discord moderator. Been with us for True. a couple years. Co-developer of the stock analysis dashboard. You know, you're, yep. you got some things on your resume. Or yeah. Your... <laughs> Going right. for my MBA. Yeah, there we go. All right, so Hunter, what I want to talk about in this video is the concept of why, in your opinion, why do so many traders fail? You know, like, I know that's kind of a loaded question and there's a lot of parts to it, but why do you think that in an industry where, you know, like, there, there's a lot of money at risk with a lot of money to be made, why is it that, like, 90% of traders end up losing almost all of their money? Uh, I think the main thing is the availability of bad information. Like, if you go on the internet or anything and you search up how to trade stocks or whatever, um, usually the worst is at the top. Or if you do find the best, <laughs> if you do find the best, it's boring. Um, it's not stuff that people yeah. want to hear about. They don't want to hear about, like, reading the financial statements and buying as much cash flow for as little as possible. They want to hear about fancy cars and stuff like that and um thousand percent returns in a week and if you're going for that you're gonna have no account to get a thousand percent returns on so yeah that is true you know because like i really like the point how you're like you know everyone's always looking for the flashy cars and a thousand percent returns and like the information that's actually the most beneficial is the boring information, but no one wants to hear about that. You know, everyone wants to know yeah. what stock's gonna double by tomorrow. You know, it's not what stock's gonna double by next year or even six months down the line. It's what stock's guaranteed to go up tomorrow. <laughs> even last year's videos on YouTube, like the most popular ones about, and then just look at the stocks they're talking about. They're in the pits of hell. Workhorse, Hillion, all those. It was just, you couldn't lose. And now, could hear yeah. mouse piss on Down cotton 90%. in those rooms. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. And I think it's also pretty interesting how, you know, someone on YouTube can post a video about how Shiba Inu will triple by tomorrow. But if someone else posts a video about, like, a fundamental analysis of, like, let's say Facebook or Microsoft, that'll get significantly less views, you know, because people don't want to hear about the information that is actually good. They just want to know, like, the hype stuff, you know, and it's sad. And, and that's ultimately why, yeah, exactly, how to get rich quick. And it's really sad to say that, but that's why a lot of people end up blowing their accounts because, like, I think we were talking the other day, like, even with, like, CNBC, like, you were saying something along the lines of how, like, some of the smartest fund managers in, like, the top leaders, you're not going to find them on CNBC. You're going to find, like, the worst people no. because the smartest ones don't have time for yeah. CNBC. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. That Yeah. And they can't be bothered. They're busy yeah, doing exactly, other stuff. Exactly. But you get the uh, fund managers who are losing going on, throwing Macy's Day parades about 
their fund that sucks, like Kathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's down eighty <laughs> percent or whatever, sixty percent, and then she's going on about how oh, last year in February her fund dropped like fifteen percent or something, and she goes now. We're expecting 25% annualized returns for the next five mm-hmm. years. You got some ground to make up because it's down another 50 from then. Yeah. So it's yeah. just you should be doing research instead of cheerleading. Yeah, for sure. And I think the biggest thing to learn from just this, you know, this small conversation is that sometimes, like, the information that's the most hyped up isn't the information that you should be following. You know, like, a lot of times, especially in finance, it's like, you kind of want to go for the boring information because, like, if someone's like out here saying, "Oh, this stock's gonna triple by next week," it's like, eh, it's kind of kind of shady. <laughs> mm-hmm. And usually, if a stock has that much hype behind it, everybody's talking about it. It's probably bit up at that point by, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't. There's not much juice left in it. Um, like nobody was talking about Home Depot and Lowe's, and then. Everybody's talking about Hillion and stuff like that. And now Hillion's at its all-time lows and Lowe's, Home Depot, and all those did really well that year. They're obviously most stocks yeah. are down from their highs right now, but yeah. but they're born companies. And I feel like this is Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no one wants to hear about that. But another yeah. uh, topic I wanted to talk about was the kind of like the concept of Knowing that for a fact that most people who get into the stock market end up losing, right? And that's just a fact, Mm -hmm. right? So with that being said, I feel like it's important to realize that you shouldn't be following the crowd if 90% of them or the crowd's going to lose, you know? Like you should see what the crowd's doing and do the exact opposite. So Mm-hmm. What I think is interesting is like if you see everyone saying, "Oh, now's the time to buy Dogecoin. Now's the time to buy AMC stock. Now's the time to buy Tesla." Do you really want to be buying right there? You know, it's like I, don't. I feel like yeah, exactly. So find out what the crowd's doing. Do the exact opposite, and I feel like they'll do a lot better over the long term. You know, like I remember when even Dogecoin was super hyped up with Elon on SNL, that was the all-time high when it had the most hype with it, you know? Yeah. And you can say the same thing with, you know, AMC or Shiba Inu or any other stock out there. Like, when everyone's talking about it and everyone's saying, now's the time to buy, for me, it's like, I'm staying far away from that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's, you might miss some, but you're going to miss a lot more losers than you are winners. Like, Mm-hmm. It won't yeah. make up for it. Like the one that you have out yeah. of 500 is not going to make up for the 499 losses. And people yeah. think they're going to pick <laughs> the, people think they're going to uh, pick the tops and bottoms, and they're not going to unless you get lucky. Yeah, and I also feel like while we're talking about individual stocks, the same thing applies for the overall stock market. Like think about it this way: like in uh, March of 2020. All you heard was comments uh, on Discord, on CNBC, on YouTube, Twitter, everywhere that, hey, the economy's never going to recover. It's the end of the world. You have fund managers saying we're headed for, you know, the worst depression of our time. It'll be devastating. Sell everything. That's the time to buy. You know, so it's like not even just for individual stocks, but when you hear the crowd saying time to sell, it's over screw this stock, screw the market, 
that's the buy signal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two, fast forward two months and it was at all time highs. Yeah, yeah, it that's it, crazy, but like it, I know it's kind of like weird to say it, but it's just it's just the truth in terms of like how most people lose. And while it's unfortunate, you know, some people do it to themselves by you know just looking for stocks that are just gonna double the next week. You know what I mean? Like just like we talked about yeah. in the beginning of the video. It's so. if you're gonna be investing, it's for the long term. Like you can't control what happens in the short term, but over long term. The fundamentals of a company will drive its price. So, if you just if you make sure you pay a good price for it, it could be the best company in the world. And if you look at the two thousands, their Amazon had to two hundred x its revenue to get where it's at now. Yeah, and it's only it's so not two hundred times higher than it was in in two thousand. Yeah, that is. And Intel's true. Intel's revenue and profit is three times higher and it's lower technically on if you adjust for dividends it's like just higher than it's 2000 peak same as cisco gotcha hmm yeah so like what would your response be to someone who says like um i don't know like who, who like only looks for revenue and profit growth you know what i mean like i i know that this is uh, how do i word this like a lot of people think, like let's say they're looking at any stock. It could be Tesla, DraftKings, Zoom, Apple, anything. If people are just looking at that stock and saying, oh, I think that their profit will increase. I think that they'll uh, bring in more revenue. What's your opinion to someone who has that thought process and is it wrong in your opinion? It's a good start, but they're missing like half the equation. So it depends on how much you're paying for that revenue and profit growth because mm -hmm. if it's generating a billion in profit and it's going to increase say the profit's going to increase seven percent a year for the next 10 years it's going to be at two billion dollars are you going to pay 40 billion the market cap right are you going to mm -hmm. pay it when it's at a 40 billion dollar valuation maybe right <laughs> yeah 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 for sure or a hundred I mean, the main... or 300 billion <laughs> Yeah, Gabby. crazy. You know, I guess it goes to show you that valuation really matters. You know, like just looking at profit and revenue is not enough. You have to look at that valuation. Mm -hmm. it, it, like seriously though, because I feel like no one really talks about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there are simple ways to do it very quickly to tell if something's overpriced. Um, but then there's more in depth if you want to project the cash flows and discount them back. Because um, that'll find you the present value of what you should be paying for it, and sometimes it's going to be boring because you're not going to be buying much until mm -hmm. stocks fall, and they do, as we've seen. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. And I know we already talked about this a little bit, but I feel like a big mistake that a lot of people make that isn't necessarily their fault, but can be corrected pretty easily is. I feel like people really ask the wrong questions, you know, instead of like, you'll see people all over the internet saying, what stocks can go up tomorrow? What, what, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like people are asking the wrong questions because mm -hmm. one, no one knows what stocks going to go up tomorrow. And it's like, even if we did know, it's just, it's just like a bad question to ask, but it's so mm -hmm. common. So in your opinion, like what are some better questions that maybe beginner traders can be asking themselves or asking other people for day-to-day -day trading you know like instead of what stocks can go up tomorrow 
what should be what should people be asking um for not investing but more swing um either or you know like even if it is investing you know like like what do you think either or you should probably be asking like if you're going to be investing like what stocks are nearing uh like good valuations for the long term because if you are going to buy apple um at three trillion but maybe if you discount the cash flows back it's worth like 1.8 trillion uh then apple is probably the best company in the world but if you're gonna overpay for it you can still overpay for it i'm not saying that it is i haven't done it but so you would have to ask like instead of what company is gonna go up tomorrow but like what uh what stocks are nearing their like intrinsic value so that for the long term for holds and if you're going to yeah. be swing trading then it would exactly. be more like what stocks are at good levels like get support or whatever yeah for sure for sure cool 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 and then also i want to see like what was your what's your opinion on tesla stock i know that um we've we've talked about this a little bit um not live but what's your thoughts on it it's overvalued by I think is it by a lot however and I <laughs> Elon I love Elon and I think that's the only reason that it's not significantly lower if they had a different CEO mm -hmm. who wasn't the best probably the best CEO in history just has an entire fandom of people their stock would be like 300 yeah so just for the audience like what, like, how do you justify Tesla being overvalued? I'm not saying it's not, but I just want people to understand. Uh, <laughs> their revenue growth is obviously really good, and they're prof they're profitable and everything. But they're well, let me just pull up. Um, let me look at it real quick. <laughs> their PE ratio is 205. Their net profit margin is 10. <laughs> Their price to sales is almost 20, which is fine for like a fast growing company. It's not fine for a car company, which usually has between a price to sales of like 0.5 to 1. You see 6 to 8 on like SaaS businesses where they have gross margins of 70 to 80%. Tesla's gross margin, gross, is 25 and their net is 10. So it's criminally over i don't care how much they're not they're not growing that fast to to justify mm -hmm. and if they are to justify this price it's going to be justified in a few years so then where's where's the upside like yeah. you're paying yeah, you're true. paying the futures price today where's the upside so i'm it could it will probably be worth this in the future but where's the upside it's not worth the downside risk right now for me mm -hmm. it might be for some other people mm -hmm. who think He's gonna create some weird thing that's gonna come. I don't know. Come down and help everybody. These yeah. solar yeah. panels are gonna start so working. So if you guys, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you guys disagree with this Tesla, with these Tesla comments, make sure to let us know in the comments down yeah. below because tell I know that I know there's gonna be a lot of comments. <laughs> tell me how much you hate oh. me and how stupid I am. Oh gosh. So yeah, I mean, Tesla is, uh, I can definitely see how it's overvalued, but
But I also see the side where Elon brings, like, Elon is, he definitely brings a lot to the table. You know, he's done a ton mm-hmm. for Tesla, let alone all of his other companies, you know, and, and he is very unpredictable, And but he, he gets stuff done, you know, like, Oh, I love he him. He is totally, yeah, he, he's totally changed Tesla around, you know, and mm-hmm. Tesla had a, had a pretty rough past, and it's been pretty awesome yep. over the past couple of years, and, you know, mm-hmm. so it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, we'll like, just be, I, I'm, I'm sure, like, like, I'm sure you wouldn't short Tesla, it's just not worth the buy. Never. I would never. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's not that I don't like the company, like, it's one of my favorite companies, and he's probably my favorite CEO, but I just, it's not worth the downside risk because I, it's fallen. It fell from 1243 all the way down to 700 and 77 trading days. It's like, that's huge down. It recovered. It's not all the way back up, but it recovered a bunch, but that's just not, I'm not, I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of that. Mm-hmm. If it gets low, I'm sure yeah. I'll own it at some point. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But gotcha, at, a gotcha. better, at a better valuation. Either the fundamentals are going to catch up to it or it's going to fall into, like, the price will fall down and do it. So at a certain point, yeah. the valuation will be yeah. there. Yeah. And I also want to talk a little bit on the craziness we've seen in the market over the past two years, both to the downside, but also the upside. Um, I was looking back on, on some of these crazy valuations, like especially in like 2021, like yeah, mainly 2021. And you had some of these companies like Zoom. I love Zoom as a company. I own the stock and I think it'll do very well in the long term. But even as a Zoom shareholder, that thing was insanely overvalued back in 2020, actually, when it was trading at $588 a share, and they had a price-to-sales ratio of over 100. So, like, I just want to hear your thoughts. That's when on... Kathy bought it. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it? 100, 113 price-to-sales. Damn. So, for the audience, <laughs> like, it, it, Hunter, is it is it a good thing to be buying a stock at a at that type of price-to-sales ratio? It is not. It is not. And if it, it is fine if you are new to investing because you're going to learn. It is not fine when you're managing tens of billions of dollars and you're on podcasts all over, like with Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk, and then you're on CNBC telling people your fund's going to return 25% annualized for the next five years, and you're buying all of the stocks at over 100 price to sales. The growth that you would need to justify that is absurd yeah. and i mean makes sense it, yeah well yeah especially now since they're all cutting like 80 percent down yeah and just to put this into perspective like let's say like there was like an extremely like i don't even know like let's say there was like a very very small business that brought in like ten thousand dollars in revenue for the year okay $10,000 in revenue, not profit, revenue, okay? That would give it a $1 million valuation, right? Yep. yep. $1 million. Like, let's say you had a very, very small business that brought in 10000 in revenue. 
a $1 million valuation for that, that's the equivalent mm-hmm. of what we are seeing with Zoom yeah. and many, many other stocks. You know, it's so like yeah. that's the importance of looking at the valuations because ever since Zoom was trading at that insane price to sales ratio, their revenue exploded. They're mm-hmm. they're doing good. Like they're posting record oh, yeah. revenue per quarter. But what's the stock doing? It's tanking down in a horrible way because valuation matters. Valuation matters whether mm-hmm. you're looking at some penny stock, Apple, Zoom, or anything else, or even just like a like a real estate deal or a business. Like if you're buying something solely based on the idea that their revenue and profit will increase in the future, you're doing it wrong. You know, and the reason we even talk about that is just to bring this to a lot of people's attention because a lot of people don't even realize it, you know? So like, if you're making that mistake, that's okay. But just realize that like, just learn from the past, you know? Because a lot of people, unfortunately, made a lot of mistakes like that over the past two years. And it's something that we can all learn from. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not the uh, companies that Kathy would picks per se. It's the prices she pays and then the excuses she makes after that is enraging like (laughs) she bought zoom at 113 price to sales and then it tanked obviously and then she goes around saying it's the unified communications of the future is this what is that (laughs) it's a cell phone that's the unified communications what are you talking about zoom (laughs) we're holding conference calls on zoom we're not like that's so ridiculous like she just comes out with these outrageous claims absurd to try to justify what she did she's throwing parades oh zoom yeah yeah zoom's great pay the right price she averaged down with billions and she's still down like 50 percent on it mm-hmm. yeah and i just want to emphasize like a lot of the stocks she's holding are pretty good companies they're great companies yeah. a lot of them but mm-hmm. it's just Growing the price fast. paid mm-hmm. yep yeah yeah i don't know how that was even like I don't know what process they went through when purchasing, but scrap it, scrap it. I'll for free. I will give her my, my number for free. She can call me. I'll say I'll look at three seconds. I'll let you know. Uh, hundred if, is the price of sales over one hundred and ten. Don't do it. Thanks, Kathy. So Hunt, Hunter, how would you how would you respond to this? What if someone's like, all right, well. At the end of the day, the ARC fund was one of the best performing funds in 2020 and part of 2021. So what are you talking about? How would you respond to that? Well, if it's the worst this year, so are we going just off short term? And it's up like a couple, I don't know, it's up decent over the past five years, but nobody was in it. Nobody was in it. She wasn't buying these stocks at ridiculous prices. So who was in it in 2017? Nobody. It had no volume. Its biggest volume days were when it was over 110, and now it's it. It's half that. So, it's yeah. just over the long. You have to. It's not like Warren Buffett's track record of 60 years. It's he gave her like a three-year thing, which is whatever. Mm-hmm. You just got to see it through yeah. the long term. Like if if it's gonna continue of just buying stocks at 110 prices sales and beyond if something doesn't change she's going to be forced into retirement if something does change she might turn it around mm-hmm. she's going to be she's going to retire but they're going to say get out you are really screwing things up 
I'm pretty sure that's how she lost her last job. Hmm. Yeah. And if you guys disagree with this, let us know. I'm very, very <laughs> curious. Like I, You're going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong. And I'll tell you what, I don't care if I'm wrong. However, if you say something and it's very rude <laughs> and you are wrong, I will remember it. I will come back and I will ruin your week oh in the comment section. <laughs> You're weak. Gosh. Oh, yeah. gosh. But, yeah. So, I feel like there's a lot of things that can be learned from the past two years in the market. I think it's safe to say that a lot of people learn that stocks don't only go up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That, that was one big thing. But, on, like, a serious note, like, I feel like <clears throat> it's very important to start looking at fundamentals, you know? Like, just asking what stocks going to go up this week it's just no one knows that question like no one knows the answer yeah. to that and it's just like it's there's too many variables you know like it's it's mm-hmm. more risky like like think about it like this like i know a lot of people kind of stay away from long-term investing because they're like you know what i don't want a 12 percent return investing in a stock for a year, right? But I feel like what a lot of people don't realize is like if you get a 12% return every single year for five years, you will likely significantly outperform doing any short-term speculative strategy betting on what the stock's gonna do over the next 48 hours. Oh yeah, by a lot. And if you get 12% a year, if you're averaging 12% a year until retirement, (laughs) it's a of money um warren buffett made like i forget this but it was the vast majority of his money after age like 65 or something and it's just because compound interest so like or it just compounds so if you're making 12 percent now but 12 percent on your total portfolio in 30 years is a lot more and if you well the worst thing that can happen is like doing something stupid right off the rip and having it work yeah because then then you're stuck in it like that's kind of what i did the first time but i did <laughs> my first options trade i made 2700 percent, and it was an earnings trade and then i did more earnings trades and i did not win <laughs> so <laughs> even if i was even if i was right i was losing um mm-hmm. because of the, the theta crush but yeah and the iv crush so it's just like Sometimes the worst thing that can happen is being right on doing something stupid. And sometimes the best thing is that can happen is being wrong on doing something stupid because you'll get out of it a lot yeah. faster. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think, I think you said that really, really well. Like, if you made mistakes, like, everyone makes mistakes, you know, whether it's me, mm-hmm. you anyone right but it's about learning from them like for example like if you're just yoloing all your money into an out of money call on earnings and you just keep doing it and keep losing money then it's like you gotta change it up but like if you made mistakes in the past there's a lot like that's a good thing just like hunter said like if you can learn from that it is good to make that mistake correct it and then operate in a way where you don't make that mistake anymore you know, it, it'll mm-hmm. be extremely beneficial. So I think you worded that yeah. pretty well. And I just want to showcase this too. So if, if my math is correct, um, if you get a 12% return every year compounded for 10 years, 
you'll three times your your money, 3.1 times, and if you get a 12% return every single year for 30 years, that's 30 times your money, you know? So it's like, and, and that's 30 years, but still, like, even if you shorten it down to, like, five years, let's see, that almost, almost doubles your money, but it's still, it's like... I think it's. I, I think we talked about a lot of good things in here, and I feel like I kind of want to talk about a, just a little bit, Hunter, um, like cash secured puts, you know, because like a lot. No, like yeah. seriously though, because a lot of people say, "Oh, an eight percent return in thirty days? Screw that! I'm gonna I'm gonna go some out of the money calls with uh, Netflix earnings, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> everyone says, like, oh, only an eight percent return in thirty days, but it's like these cash secured puts, like if you do them correctly. On stocks you wouldn't mind holding, you can get some amazing returns. On top of that, time is on your side, and in the worst case scenario, you just pick up the shares at your strike price. It's like it's such a good strategy, and it really—it's sad in my opinion that more people don't trade them because they are such an amazing strategy. And even though the returns seem small, they're so much better than so many other strategies oh yeah and if you're gonna buy the stock anyways might as well get paid to wait for it to drop so like yeah. eight or intel i cash i did not get assigned well actually on last week i did at 46 or something but anyways the first time i didn't and it was like the 42 or something if if it falls to 42 you get paid and you want it that you're gonna buy it there anyways you might as well get paid to wait for it. Like I just discounted the cash flow back and it was way below. So I sold puts, didn't get assigned. So I just did it again, but closer to the money because I wanted the shares. Um, yeah. And you just get paid to, to buy the stocks and then you hold it. And if it's if you did your research and stuff, you shouldn't be selling it for a while anyways. But then if you do want like to generate more income off it, you can sell covered calls against it and so if you were getting like 10% uh, say you were getting 10% a year off the stock you would get like a couple more percent on top of that per year from the covered calls and it's just a little boost to the portfolio and that adds up over a long like if you add 2% a year even just 2% a year over your life to it's it makes a huge difference huge especially by retirement it'd probably be like a couple hundred grand yeah. Depending on how much you invest. For sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I think we had a pretty good episode. Uh, if you guys like this style of uh, show, you have to let us know in the comments down below. Like, we're trying some new things out. We have a lot of juicy topics planned for the future, and we're really excited. So if you guys like it, make sure to leave a comment down below. If you want to roast Hunter or me, do it. <laughs> do it in the comments. Um,. But yeah, we're happy to be doing this new show. We'll probably have some people on it in the future. Um, like I said, we have a lot of great things planned. If you are new here, make sure make sure to subscribe. Besides that, it was, I thought it was a pretty good episode, Hunter. So we'll see we you guys get, next time. We should get Kathy on. Oh, we should get Kathy maybe. on in the future. Yeah. 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 I'll ask her knows about cell phones. Oh, oh, oh. they're all <laughs> shot at Kathy. Uh oh. All right. Oh, yeah, so thank you guys so much for watching, and we look forward to the next episode.